hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 78. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. YourTechLife.com is my website. And the other man, the other bloke, Talking Tech, is Stephen Fennick from TechGuide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. How's your week, mate? Mate, it's been a struggle working in Melbourne, but I'm back in town. Thus, we're a little late on the recording hour. My sincere apologies for that, but it's been a busy week. You've been out and about, and we'll talk about a few of those things already this week. Uh, this is episode 78, brought to you by the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for routers, modems, connecting with innovation, netgear.com.au. Let's get straight into Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, one of the things that I missed because I was in Melbourne uh, was the the opening of the Samsung Experience Store. Now, this is just meters away, literally from uh, from the Apple Store in Sydney. And uh, is it the second in the world? Vancouver, Canada has one, and this is uh, a pretty much a nice flagship exercise for Samsung. It's a it's a big deal for them to get right into retail, trying to show uh, all their range of products off, mate. But um, what? How do you rate the store? Yeah, the store is uh, laid out very well. It's, uh, as its name suggests, it's an experience store. So it's designed for customers to go in and literally touch and feel and, and experience and use the products. But not only to see individual products, but also to see how they work with other products. They've got a bank of uh, Series 7 smart TVs as well. Mm-hmm. They've got some tablets, laptops, Wi-Fi cameras, just so you can see the convergence of your content, how it can be accessed from anywhere, the dual view mode on the tablet from the television, sharing content, things like that where as much as we talk about it here on, on Two Blokes Talking Tech and as much as you write about it on Your Tech Life and I write about it on Tech Guide, it's when people get these products in their hands and make mm, the decision, well, yeah, this suits my needs, I'm going to buy it. This is the store that Samsung hopes provides that experience to for them to make that purchasing decision. I think you're absolutely right. That's the key here is that we can talk about the dual screen experience with the TV and the tablet and your phone or whatever, but you really you, you can't understand how amazing that that simple feature alone is until you've actually sat and used it. And they've obviously got a range of, you know, experts in there who will walk you through those things if you want to see it done. That's right. Yeah, they've even got their, I think they've got their kind of, you know, how Apple's got the genius bar and they've got all their geniuses walking around with their T-shirts. Apple, uh, sorry, Samsung have got their own version of theirs. They train product specialists. Uh, they've got the Samsung smart tutors, I think they call them, which is kind of like a genius, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah exactly. The, uh, what, what Samsung did, though, is they used the occasion, the opening of the store, to launch another highly anticipated product of theirs, the Galaxy Note 10.1 tablet. Now, it's not the Galaxy Tab, it's the Galaxy Note. And the reason it's called the Note, as we experience with the smartphone, it is, it's got its own stylus and you can actually draw uh, and, and, and write on the screen. So it's like the Note, which, which I quite enjoy using, uh, but on a much grander scale. So someone who wants a 10-inch experience, uh, right, being able to write on the screen, literally take notes on, on a decent-sized screen the size of an A4 notepad. 
then uh, the Galaxy Note is the one. It's got some pretty impressive specs, 1.4 gigahertz quad-core processor, uh, and it's the 10.1-inch screen, of course, and available only in Wi-Fi uh, 16 gig and 32 at this stage, 3G models coming later. It's, it's, the, it's the trick, and they're learning well from Apple. And, that, you know, I don't think they would obviously publicly say that, but it's clear that that's what they're doing. They're learning from Apple in the retail sense. Now they're learning from Apple in the launch a product to launch a store and get a crowd. These are the things that actually, you know, drive traffic can drive publicity and so they're doing that really well aren't they you're right and as we see from whenever apple launches a product they've got a they've got the machinery in place mm. have a huge launch the machinery by that i mean they've got a lot of stores yeah 14 alone in australia 15th one is launching in, in brisbane i think this saturday yeah. so whenever there's a big product to announce they've got the mechanism to to deliver that to the to their customers now, Samsung, about once here in Australia, there are, I think a couple, there's one, one in Canada, I think there's a two more in the US as well that are springing up. Hmm. But Samsung, as we saw with the Galaxy S3, can generate just as much hype and just as much attention uh, when, when they release a new product. The Galaxy S3, by the way, they announced had sold more than 10 million units worldwide, which is a pretty impressive figure. That's Apple-like figures. So well, if, if there are products uh, that are on the horizon, if Samsung can get the message right, pinpoint a date when they're going to be released, they'll see people starting to queue up outside their stores as well, I think. Look, I think there's no doubt they've had a massive kind of six months with the Galaxy S3 and, and a few products and now the stores are just... And, and I honestly do think they've done an amazing job, Samsung, here in Australia, let alone anywhere else, in, in pushing the, themselves to the next level. I mean, you know what I was thinking today? I was on the plane tonight and um, looking through some articles and I thought to myself, geez, HTC have just dropped off the mark, haven't they? You know, we were talking about them being the next Nokia in terms of the number of handsets they had, the, the general hype, and Samsung have just smashed them. They have, but well, you got to remember that the HTC, I agree, they have sort of dropped off the radar a little bit, but the HTC One series of phones have mm. been very, very well received by customers, by reviewers. I quite like them as well. Uh, so they're still hanging in there with the handsets, but... It's uh, our next. Our next topic is what, what's going to really get people's attention. The, the new iPhone is what's really going to really test out, sort the men from the boys in the smartphone market, so to speak. But um, now the, the Experience Store, uh, literally a block away from the Apple Store, so I think Apple. It, it's, it's Apple have obviously set a great example. And and you know what? That earlier this week they were announced as the most valuable company in the world. And what surprised me was that. The number two company, I think it was Exxon, was worth less than half of what Apple's worth. So that mm. just goes to show what sort of lead Apple's got. Samsung are up there too. They're a massive company. They're the biggest mobile phone manufacturer in the world now. Uh, they've overtaken Nokia, which we, we've spoken about in the program earlier this year. So uh, Samsung have got some pretty solid credentials as well. These experience stores are going to, uh, obviously, the latest chapter in their journey to uh, grow even bigger as a company. And you can read more about it and get photos at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. In the uh, previous segment about the iPhone and yet another uh, story has appeared on my website. I actually was received, was chatting with a contact of mine who... Uh, is familiar with things going on over at Optus there. I won't name who uh, he or she is. But uh, the, the, the vibe that I was getting that, that uh, this person was, was telling me was that within the company, the vibe seems to be that September 28th is when they're clearing the decks for a major launch, yep. which we believe to be obviously the new iPhone. Now, that time frame is consistent. It sort of fits in with the rumoured 
September 12 uh, reveal event, media event in San Francisco, mm-hmm. which Apple, by the way, has not confirmed yet. But it does also, September 28 would be two weeks and two days after that date, which is a Friday. They, live, they like doing a release on a Friday. Uh, and it, would, it also would only be two weeks short of a year since the iPhone 4S launch. So all these things are intersecting. Uh, and so it's likely that we may see a lot of people circling September 28th, Trev. I think, um, I think a lot of people will be putting September 28th, the morning thereof, in their diary um, to line up for a new iPhone. I don't think there's any doubt about it. The thing about the, the Apple rumors is it's, it's kind of become you know, fact very quickly these days that you really do very quickly get to not you don't get confirmation but it it's proven a lot of the rumors are proven now i think i hope that there's a few things that that are proven wrong or delayed in in some of the rumors because it does take a little bit of the shine off things when it's just all as per predictions yeah i think it's funny how apple are probably the only company that face this problem where they have to manage expectations yes exactly <laughs> companies that they release products and they people you know there's there's not as much anticipation around other companies' products as there are with Apple products. Like no. We've been talking about this new iPhone coming up for months, and Apple have that actual problem where they have to manage expectations ahead of launch because all the rumors are saying this and that, and the product has to live up to it. Luckily for Apple, they a very talented company, talented group of engineers and people that work there can actually meet those expectations most of the time. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a problem that, that not many companies have. No, but, and, and that's, it's, it's something that most companies are now aspiring to. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing that Apple have. They don't just have $620 billion in value, the, the most valuable company in the history of the world, but they've got the, 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 the whole range, not just of products, but of expectations, of, of PR management, of everything that every company in the world is basically aspiring to. It's a, it's a really interesting story. That's totally right. They're a very consistent company, Apple. They deliver their message the same way each time. It, it, it is something that they, they know. They've got the formula that works. They produce the products. Uh, they've got a great, great marketing strategy behind all their products. The products are always look very stylish, very easy to use. There's a little, so much anticipation ahead of them. So they've got the formula right, most definitely. But just, just back on the, on the, uh, the rumor that I've heard and that my, uh, my contact sort of revealing some information to me. He, uh, he or she, I won't specify who it is, but they did say to me, though, that one thing that we, that a lot of people may not have noticed is the prices, uh, Optus prices have all gone up since the start mm. of August. Now, when the Galaxy S3 came out, which was the, with the hero product for, for many of the companies, especially Optus, yep. that they, uh, they decided that they'll take a hit on the price. So they offer the handset for zero dollars just to attract all their new customers, uh, for, lock them in for two years. Yes. But now you'll notice that since the start of August that those $0 up front for the Galaxy S3 have now disappeared. It's now $5, $7. So that ma- amount of money that people are now paying back for the handset, Optus is putting aside again so that when it comes time to launch the iPhone 5 or the new iPhone, whatever it's going to be called, they can then use that. So they've got a kitty, they've got an amount of money that they can then say, right, we can afford now to offer this $0 up front. They literally literally stockpile cash from other handsets in the lead up to the release so that they can they can make the iPhone, new iPhone, a bit of a loss leader when it comes out. It's a really interesting strategy, which all the players do over time. It, it comes in ebbs and flows. It's very interesting the way you exposed it, and I uh, recommend that article at techguide.com.au to everyone. It's just a, it's a very interesting kind of insight into how um, the prices we pay for for mobiles um, can actually you're actually you, you're actually paying for someone else to get a cheaper phone later down the track. It's very interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, you're listening to two blokes talking tech. 
Now, it's not often, uh, well, I mean, it's actually within the last year you've got to do it, but it's not often we get to test drive Ferraris here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Um, but, uh, actually, that's right. <clears throat> yes. Uh, <laughs> I've, um, I've got two Ferraris in the garage right now. That's, and that's, that's an absolute fact. I have two Ferraris in the garage right now. Now, I should stipulate that my man cave is my garage, and that's where I keep all my technology, and I have two sets of Ferrari headphones here in the garage. They, they're, they're very, very nice units, but they're not the car. But they do – there's a couple of things I'll say about these, and these were launched this week here in Sydney. Um, these, are, these are quality. Like, forgetting even plugging them in, they come in great packaging. They come in they, – they, they have little cases for them, the carbon fiber look. The quality of the engineering around them is solid. They, they don't feel cheap at all. Um, they come with a range of accessories in terms of the different cables you can have, so the different phones that they might be compatible with in terms of the over-ear ones. It's actually just a very impressive um, range, isn't it? The, the whole range of Ferrari headphones, which you've put a lot of photos up at techguide.com.au. Yeah, with good reason. They look ter- they look terrific. Uh, they're they're made in partnership with Logic Three, who's a very well respected audio company. And a brand like Ferrari, you know that uh, they're, they're not going to do things by halves. The, the the headphones are supposed to reflect the excitement and the luxury and the performance of the Ferrari brand and the cars. Uh, what I like about them is that they're they're split up in two different ranges. There's the Scuderia Ferrari collection, which is more reflective of the in terms of design of the outside of the car. So the hmm. ear car. Uh, and the colours uh, reflect the shape and colours of the outside of the car. So there's a lot of reds and blacks. Uh, they've got the yellow badge. Uh, but the the other collection, the Ferrari Cavallino collection, is more uh, indicative of the inside of the car. So the nice silver finish, uh, the same colour leather and stitching as the upholstery. So a lot of thoughts gone into them, and you can just tell, as you said, the quality they exude quality. Uh, so. Uh, just like the cars do themselves, the the brand has really been uh, he's been uh, very well represented for the, these quality products. So I've got a few here that I'm testing myself, and I've got to say they're very good value. Uh, and they sound excellent as well. The I'm mucking around with the uh, Cavallino uh, over ear, <coughs> excuse me, headphones, the T250s, which are uh, you know they're a three hundred ninety nine dollar product, and I, I'm sitting here staring at them. I'm not actually using them right now, and I tell you why. I was for the first ten minutes of the show. And I've just swapped back to, to to another set that I use, mainly because these are very they're a very heavy headphone. Um, they, they they have a lot lot of weight in them, not in a bad way, but they, they push on your ears. They don't go all over your ears. They push on your ears, but also they have a very deep sound. And uh, I actually just when I'm sitting here recording, I like to like to have a very very light sound on things. Just in terms of quality, though. Looking, I'm, I'm looking with a fine tooth comb, trying to find something here that doesn't strike me as being representative of the Ferrari brand. You know, the hinges, because these things fold in, the screws that keep them together, the metal around the, around the outside, the Ferrari logo. It's, mate, it's top quality stuff, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I quite like to. I've, I've been looking at listening, actually, the R200s. Mm-hmm. I've also got the T250s as well. What I also like are the P200s, which are the uh, the on-ear headphones that look exactly like the, the, team, uh, the, F1 the team. headphones that the pit crew wears. Yeah. It's a bit of a nod to the Formula One origins of the Ferrari brand. Uh, so if you're a real Formula One fan, I think that that would appeal to a lot of users. So they're great quality sound. It's got the Ferrari badge on the outside, but it, you look like you're a member of the Ferrari pit crew as well, which oh. I think... Would appeal to people, Formula One fans like yourself, I think, Trevor. Mate, I'm those ones that you're talking about there, the the P two hundreds, three hundred and forty nine bucks. Um, 
that they're a beautiful looking. They're actually to me they're the pick of the collection for a couple of reasons. One, they really do scream Ferrari, and like you say, they've got the the uh, the yellow Ferrari badge on the outside, but they do look identical to the pit crews in in the um, in the F1 team. But they're also the the full ear cupping, and that's something that I like about a headphone that I'm going to wear over the ear. But just on the on the in ear bud ones, just quickly, you know the the quality of these things the um, in the in the Cavalero Cavallini collection Cavallino collection is the um, the in-ear buds have like a leather around the outside of them. It's it's quite a stunning design that they've been able to integrate leather into an in-ear bud. Yeah, well, that's the same tan leather that's used in the inside of the car. And it's they, an off and, and mate. At the launch, they explain, too, that this has got the silver prancing stallion uh, from the Ferrari badge. Mm. And that it was the smallest representation of the stallion. I think Ferrari themselves said, look, we don't think you can do this. It's too small, but try your best. And to Logic, to, to Logic 3's credit, Mm. They actually got that badge down to nine millimeters. It's beautiful to it too. On the on the back of the in ear buds. Great detail. Great detail. Look, the the things they they look beautiful. They sound fantastic. Um, but they are they're pricey, but to a to a a value point, like they're the for the quality that you're getting and the brand. It's a, it's a good price to pay. You're talking about Ferrari headphones from Logic 3, and there's a stack of photos, as Stephen says, for good reason, because they look beautiful on uh, Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Connect with innovation is what they say, and that's what they do. Um, whether it's around your home or your small business, you need to connect your devices to each other. Don't forget that. It's not just about getting on the internet. You know, If you've got a modem, great, you're on the internet, but you're tied to that corner of the house. Connecting with innovation means connecting your entire house and your every device to that internet connection and to each other. And things that we were talking about earlier, like connecting devices to each other through a, a convergence so they can communicate with each other, whether it's a wireless speaker to a, to a mobile device or, or anything like that, or whether it's simply connecting your iPad, your tablet and your laptop to, to a network at a high speed and a quality network. Netgear.com.au. Get a get yourself a nice dual band router from Netgear. You'll never look back. Netgear.com.au. Check it out online and uh, read about their latest range of AC routers. The uh, the wireless AC is the new technology, the fastest wireless you'll ever see. And as devices become available that support wireless AC, you'll certainly feel the benefits of buying a wireless AC router. And Netgear have just that, and it's a beautiful device. Netgear.com.au. Proud sponsors of. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Ca- um, cameras are a tough one, mate. There's just so many around, so many good brands, but you really do rise to the top when you think of, of cameras. You think of Nikon and, and Canon. And Nikon, you know, they, they don't just have those um, those beautiful big SLRs. They have a really nice range of, uh, of compact cameras, and you've got a very good detailed story at techguide.com.au um, detailing uh, a whole new range from Nikon, mate. That's right. Yeah, the new Coolpix range, which is Nikon's very popular compact camera mm. uh, range there, and you're right. The, the compact camera market is really facing a lot of challenges, mainly from smartphones. Like people, for convenience, they take their ca- their photos with their mobiles, their smartphones, easy to share them. So Nikon really had to come up with a few new features, some innovative ways uh, that they can capture this market again. And I think they've done it with these new cameras. There's four in the range, and they include features like GPS, built-in Wi-Fi, and one of them also has the S800C, 
has Android operating system. So it's wow. kind of the reverse of the smartphone where it's a phone with a camera on it. Well, here's a, a, a camera with a smartphone operating system on it. Uh, that, that's just one example of the innovation there. And you can even download apps to this device. You can play Angry Birds on the 3.5-inch screen on the back even. Uh, and it, you could even – technically, you could make calls off this thing too because there is uh, – you could download Viber or Skype or any, any – if you're in a wireless network, you could communicate with other people, receive emails, uh, and also share your pictures, of course, on Wi-Fi. So, yeah, that's, that's one example hmm. of Nikon really uh, extending this range. Another one I like, the, the smallest camera Nikon has ever produced, the S01, smallest and lightest Coolpix camera ever, weighs just 96 grams, and it's the size, it's smaller than a business card. What? So impressive. Smaller than a business card, and it's like 10.1 megapixels. It's 10.1 megapixels. It's even got a touchscreen interface uh, on the back, so it's a 2.5-inch touchscreen. It's so small, and I held it in my hand at a a briefing that Nikon had uh, with with me the other day, and I held it in my hand. It fits literally within the palm of my hand, and it is so small that it doesn't fit an SD card. It has to have an internal memory. It's got 7.3 gigabyte internal memory to store your pictures uh, after you take them. So I think this is it's available in silver. This is going to be a, a very popular addition to a lot of ladies' handbags when they hit the town. How There'll thick is it? There'll be a lot of it? Facebook pictures taken on the Coolpix SO1, I believe. What's the thickness of the SO1? Uh, it's about, I think, about one and a half centimetres. Yeah, right. Two. It's, it, it's quite small. It's very, it, it, you know what it reminded me of? You know those old Zippo lighters, those silver lighters? Yeah. It's about that size. No. Zippo lighters in the old movies. They used to Fair flick the top it. open and the, the, all the cool. There were a lot of Tarantino movies, those Zippo lighters. It awesome. reminded me of that. It's a, the same color and probably just a tiny little bit bigger than a Zippo lighter, just to oh, give yeah. you some scale there. That's amazing. What about the, um, what about the S6400? Yeah, the S6400 is the – this is a really compact and very slim camera. At its slimmest point, it's 19.8 mil. Holding this in your hand, you think, boy, they fit so many features in this thing. 12 times optical zoom, 16 megapixel resolution. It's available in five or six different colors, I think. Uh, but just one of those – the beauty of this camera is that all the features come together, and it, it just it's impossible not to take a good photo. Mm. Well, it's got a really good uh, night shot. Uh, feature as well, so it produces four different shots, combines them to give you the best to give you the best nighttime resolution, and there's also the ability to take another shot of people in the foreground, and it combines them. So you know when you take a picture of people in the foreground, the flash goes off and the backs all faded out. Hmm. You try to take a picture without the flash, the people in the foreground aren't illuminated, and the backgrounds all highlighted. Well, this can combine those two shots to give you the ultimate nighttime shot. That's amazing. Just looking at the the website techguide.com.au, I think the uh, the P seventy seven hundred looks to me like the one that when you're just not ready to go SLR or you love the quality of your SLR, the P seventy seven hundred looks like it's going to be a, a good quality um, photo, just based on the way they've designed the bloody thing. To be honest, yeah, this this is this is going to be, I think, for someone who who's already maybe has a digital SLR, this may be their second camera. Yep. yep. Uh, but for someone else who maybe doesn't want to go all the way SLR but still wants full manual control of the camera to produce SLR quality photos, this is going to be the camera for them. Uh, it's 12.2 megapixels, 7.1 times optical zoom. But it, it's easy, what I like about it too, it's got a, a little LCD. The, the LCD, the three-inch display, has a hinge so that it, you can angle yeah. the screen at various positions to, to take those difficult angled shots. Uh, and it also works with 
Nikon's advanced lighting system. So even if you use this in a studio, it would fire off all the flash units in the studio setup. So it's got all the professional uh, features, but just in a compact body. So the, yeah, the P7700, uh, I think it's going to be on the top of uh, a lot of people's wish list when it's out in the end of September. whole new range of Nikon uh, Coolpix cameras there, and you can read all about them at techguide.com.au. We were discussing the popularity of the Samsung Galaxy S3. Mm. Both of us are, are big fans of that device. We, we still use them quite a bit. Uh, and as a result of its popularity, there are now a lot of accessories for the Galaxy S3, including one from a company called Droidax. Uh, it's a power pack. So this serves two purposes. Not only is it a protective case, but it's also got a built-in rechargeable battery so that if your battery is running low on the phone, a press of the button on the back of the power pack can boost your battery, can recharge it up to 75% of its full capacity on the go. Now, I know the Galaxy S3 already has a pretty good battery to begin with, but there's a lot of power users out there who want to take it to the limit, who want to use every feature of the camera all the time, then this is the product for them so they're not caught out with no charge at the end of the day. Mm, it's a pr- big problem. And, uh, you know, when you have a long day and you don't realise, you get to like the sort of two-thirds through the day and you realise, my Lord, my battery's struggling. This is the kind of accessory, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what I like about it too, that I've reviewed it on Tech Guide, is that the, the case isn't too bulky. Like when it's on the phone, it's not like you're carrying a second phone on top of it. Yeah. It, it has a slight, a small thickness to it because there's a battery in there, hmm. but it, it's not like you're carrying this, this brick around in your pocket. It, it, it's big enough for the battery, yet small enough to be quite compact and easy to carry around. But you're going to thank, you're going to thank the Lord you've got it. If you're down to, or if you're on fumes with the internal battery on the Galaxy S3, and if once you kick this little baby into action, it's going to recharge your battery up to 75% capacity and take you easily through to the next day. Nice one. Droidax Power Pack for the Samsung Galaxy S3, and you can read more about it at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we end the show with a couple of quick products that um, that we like to call Stephen's Minute Reviews. Now, the first one of these, mate, I've got to tell you, this is um, this is an update to a product uh, that Uniden released a few years ago, and I've got to say, it's it's something that, that really struggles to get traction because people kind of don't understand it. But when you understand what this thing can do and does, it's a bloody great product. Yes. Well, start the clock, Trevor. Our one-minute review begins right now. Uniden's XDEC, that's X-D-E-C-T, 6135 BTU. That doesn't mean anything just to hear those numbers, but let me explain. Uniden, very well known for cordless phones in your home. What this brings to the table is Bluetooth. Now, why would you need Bluetooth on a home phone, you ask? Well, you can sync up to four pair, up to four different mobile phones to the base station. And depending on the number of handsets you have around the house, I've got three in my home. Rather than me having to carry around my mobile phone around the house, hoping I don't miss a call, I can pair my phone to the base station and wherever I am in the house and it rings, my phone is going to, my mobile phone is going to direct that call through the unit and product and I can answer that call anywhere in the house. It's good for the home or office. So if you've got an office situation, maybe a small business, you've got a number of mobile phones, you can pair up to four. Uh, this is a handy product to have. It even works if you don't have a, home, a landline. If you don't have a home phone line, you can still plug this in, pair up to the four mobile phones to the base stations and answer them 
anywhere in your home or office. If you have a mobile phone at home and you get a lot of calls, uh, I, this is this the, the product to have. It really is. It's an unbelievable thing. It's like having a Bluetooth headset uh, at all times, but built into your normal home phone. It's fantastic stuff. The Uniden Bluetooth cordless with a really complicated name and model number. You can read more about it at techguide.com.au. The second product uh, in the one-minute reviews is from our good friends at Pure. Pure are very well known for making digital radios, but their Sensia range have really caught our attention. Now, the Sensias look like a football. That's the best way I could describe it. They're this oval-shaped product, but this, the latest product, the 200D Connect, really lives up to its name because it's got built-in Wi-Fi, so you can also use your smartphone to connect to the device, stream your music uh, using a dedicated app, you can even connect to the, the live lounge, the pure lounge, and, and stream music from there. But you can also connect to Facebook and also look at your Twitter feed on the 5.7-inch touchscreen mm. on the front of the device. What impressed me too, apart from all the specs and the look of the product, the sound quality being a pure product is excellent. So you're not only getting looks, content, but you're also getting great audio as well. So the... Uh, it, it employs the, the streaming streaming technology so you can get your music out of your smartphone. iPhone or Android, it fits both. Uh, so a really good-looking device, priced at $599, makes an excellent addition to any room. I think it's available in black, white. I think there's a yellow model as well. The uh, Sensier is the football-looking uh, digital radio and pure do digital radio well. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long. And that's us for another week, mate. Uh, big week, as always, and another big week coming up, I'm sure. In fact, you've got a, a trip on. We've got a lot to talk about, and uh, that'll be Two Blokes Talking Tech, Episode 79. Thanks for the chat, and we can read all about what you're looking at in technology at techguide.com.au. Thanks, mate. Yes, I'm off to EFA next week. That's a big trade show, like a consumer electronics show uh, that we both attended in Vegas, but this time it's in Berlin, massive show in Europe, and we'll be broadcasting from there next week. IFA in Berlin, and you can listen to Stephen's other podcast, uh, the Tech Guide podcast at techguide.com.au. You can listen to my podcast, and you can get in touch at yourtechlife.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. 